0: engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it now the end abortion podcast by priests for life we are one movement one people one family and one glorious nation under god and together we will make america powerful again we will make america wealthy again we will make america strong again we will make america proud again and we will make america great again you see the thing is friends when you hear that you you have to be it If you have any love for the country, if you are in any way a patriot, well, then you you can't find anything wrong with that. Those who are opposed to this movement, this MAGA movement, have got to be either deranged or just filled with hatred for the country. How how can you argue with what we hear in this beautiful introduction to this program? I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome. praying for America. We are going to pray. We welcome not only our American uh, viewers, we've got some friends from uh, around the world who join us as well. We're always appreciative of that. And uh, we're going to go into the Word of God as we usually do. I just want to, I have a whole bunch of things here I want to share with you about where we stand in this election, Some some of the insights I've gotten from various places and things that you've seen, statistics and trends and dynamics and practical things we need to be focusing on. Let's try to get to as much of that as possible. But Let's go to the letter of Paul to the Colossians, where in chapter one, starting in verse 11, he says the following, may you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, through whom we have for redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. And all things were created for him. He is before all else that is, and in him everything continues in being. It is he who is head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that primacy may be his in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself, all things, whether in earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for America today because so many sectors of our society have gone off the track of morality, decency, and truth. And in so doing, Lord God, they have put our lives in peril. They have ruined our economy, compromised our security, lessened our reputation on the world stage, departed from our Constitution, corrupted our courts, corrupted our education system. Lord, we pray today that we be rescued from the influence, the destructive influence of those who hate America or those who are too deluded to be able to perceive what is right and what is wrong, what is good for America versus what is bad. Bless our nation, preserve our nation, for which so many fought, died, strove and proclaimed. Let us, too, fight and proclaim the greatness of this country and the principles on which it rests. Principles, Lord God, that derive ultimately from your word and your kingdom. Bless all our fellow citizens. Bless all our friends around the world. And bless us during this time as we turn to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, the second Republican debate coming up now in less than a week. Good choice, President Trump, that you're not going to be there. As far as I'm concerned, this primary has been decided we always respect those who have other views but you know what um <laughs> this is an historic lead and nothing has been able to stop uh his uh, dominance over these polls but he's going to go to michigan next week while this debate is taking place to meet with the striking auto workers and to deliver a major address good for him the biden administration is Destroying our economy, destroying the auto industry, trying to uh, replace, uh, expand electric cars and other green energy policies, which are ridiculous policies based on a ridiculous notion that somehow our robust economy, the way that it was working under President Trump, contributes to some kind of disastrous uh, impending doom of climate change. could these people please wake up from their delusion could they please come to their senses could they please stop being stupid this past weekend so good for that we'll look forward to that talk from Michigan on the 27th forget about the forget about the the, the debate. Let's look at uh, what he's going to say to those uh, auto workers. Uh, my friend Tony Perkins, uh, Family Research Council, they had their Pray, Vote, Stand Summit in Washington. You know, there's a lot of these conferences that go on. A lot of times people find out about them after the fact. Maybe you didn't know about this yourselves. The Pray, Vote, Stand Summit, it happens every year. It used to be called the Value Voters Summit. In fact, I'm sure I've met some of you there at that conference. I've been to it in past years Um uh, this time I was at a at a different conference at the same ta- time out in Arizona, but the point is you can you can listen to and watch the uh, proceedings. You can listen to and watch the talks, including the talk from President Trump. So if you go if, just just search on online for pray vote stand summit and you'll find it. And they have the archives of the different talks. And of course, as always, on our own website, PresidentTrumpRallies.com, you can see the president's speeches. Uh, including the two that he gave this past weekend, the one at the Family Research Council Pray Vote Stand, the other one at the Concerned Women for America Conference. Tony Perkins has this um, term uh, uh, that applies to so many of us, SAGE-Cons. What are SAGE-Cons? SAGE, S-A-G-E, stands for Spiritually Active Governance Engaged. SAGE, Spiritually Active, Governance Engaged Conservatives. This is what we try to be on this program. This is what we try to explain on this program in the light of the word of God and reflecting on things that are happening on the American political landscape. So SAGE cons, interesting. Um, And he was talking, of course, about a fact that we need a leader in America who understands the threats to our freedom and is committed to fighting back against the leftist mob that has weaponized the government against the American people. And this ties in with some observations that uh, Dick Morris and others were making uh, recently. You know, the the American voters get it. They see that the things that have been taking place against President Trump are all politicization of government, weaponization of government. They reject that. They reject that because it's not American. Uh, What the Trump campaign is saying is, look, uh, we were way better off three years ago. We were way better off before Biden came into Washington. We were way better off in so many different years, different ways. Sure, you can see the things that are being done against him. You know, the more they do it, the more they are they are exposed as extremist, uh, uh, Marxist, weaponizing government. But take a look and keep your eyes focused on President Trump's record. Record. All right, including these debates recently I addressed the other night in regard to comments on abortion. He hasn't changed his position on abortion. He's not compromising on abortion. He's trying to sort this thing out as, as the next leader of the country who recognizes the country is deeply divided on the issue. So what do you do? Well, pro-life leaders try to sort this out as well? Just because we might have different ideas. People have all kinds of different ideas about what kind of legislation to propose. Doesn't mean you accuse each other of being less pro-life. Come on, already. What I'm particularly surprised at is how some uh, people in uh, even in circles like I live in, in pro-life circles, uh, don't don't see the don't see the difference here between uh, taking a uh, principled position on, like President Trump has said, the fact that every child, born and unborn, has a, is made in the sacred image of God. Of course, we have the right to life. But when you've got so much of America oblivious to that, how do, you, how do you lead them along? What do you propose to them as the next step? Well, most Americans are against the idea of what the Democrats stand for. Democrats, put it simply this way, Democrats want more abortion. President Trump, Republicans, want well, less abortion. Which way do you think the American people want to go? We have to be able to talk about this the right way, and that's something that he's been stressing very, very strongly. He is capable of bringing into the party, he has shown himself capable of bringing the blacks more and more to the Republican side, bringing in the Latinos, more and more of whom are supporting him, bringing in the Asians. You know, we talk about the greatest economy that we had under President Trump. It was also the most diversified economy, whether you're talking about wages rising and small businesses flourishing it was a, an unemployment decreasing this was across ethnic boundaries this was a, 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 a an economic blessing for all of these groups right across the board now biden is oblivious to his own failures and that's why, you know, there's this debate going on, too, about whether or not, different opinions about whether or not he's actually going to be the nominee. I, as I think about it, no, I don't think he would willingly, he or Jill or whatever their inner circle is, would willingly step aside. I don't think so. And I don't think, I think there are some in the Democratic power circles who want to keep him in there not only because he's a puppet that they can use, but because, you know, protecting him, they're protecting Obama, all right, because the crimes that that Joe Biden has been involved in, the bribery and so forth, which, by the way, is mentioned in the Constitution as a reason for impeachment, implicates uh, Obama as well. So protecting uh, Joe Biden, you keep him in office, you're going to keep him away from... Uh, certain kinds of uh, prosecution. He's a sitting sitting president. Impeachment is the way that you would deal with crimes by a sitting president. But keeping him there in office, they figure, well, this is an extra layer of protection. So there's that force going on within the Democrat Party. But then, you know, you see the media starting to turn against him and the, People writing about the David Ignatius Washington Post editorial about, yeah, you know, maybe he shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be winning again. He says, look, these discussions are going on in private all the time in the Democrat circles. Why don't we just bring them out into the open and talk about what people are talking about anyway? And uh, so there are those who are going to and are already turning on him and, want- and saying, you know, maybe we, 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 we need somebody else. But I don't think they've really – I think that ultimately – First of all, they don't have anybody on their side that can really win because their most popular people are going to be popular with their base. Sure, you can get somebody else to get the nomination, but they're not going to be popular winning over the whole country. And the Democrats are getting nervous about this. I think this may be an issue that's decided simply by circumstances beyond anyone's control. In other words, I think the thing to look at above all, besides the power conflicts within the Democrat Party, aside from the uh, whatever goes on with the investigations and the opinions of people about the, the, uh, the corruption in the Biden family, I think the main thing we'd be looking at is his health. I mean, to determine whether or not he's actually going to be the nominee, I think it's going to be beyond anybody's decision, frankly. I think that's how it's going to play itself out and that there's a good likelihood that he is just not going to be physically, mentally capable of doing it. Now, of course, there's a lot of that that people can pick up the slack for. People around him are picking up the slack. But there comes a point where you can't do that anymore, where you deteriorate so far that nobody can pick up the slack for you anymore. And I think that ultimately is what's going to decide how far in this nomination process he's going to actually go. Or, you know, if he ends up becoming the nominee, how far into the election he can actually go. That's the thing, I think, above all, that's going to decide this. It's in God's hands, in other words. All right. Donna Brazil, former uh, uh, Democrat uh, chairwoman, warns about the strength of President Trump. She said, it's not just a campaign. It's a movement. And, of course, that's what he always says. That's what we always say here. That's what we're part of here on this program. So when you see them expressing concerns about that, listen, they know full well President Trump can win. They know full well President Trump is winning. And we've shared with you, in fact, I want to share, what is this? I want to share a little bit of polling here. Um, and you also see by their behavior, by the way, and these are things that that Dick Morris has pointed out, the Bidens did, Biden did, the Biden campaign, I mean, did the biggest and early ad buy ever made by a sitting uh, president, the biggest incumbent early ad buy. What does that tell you? It tells you, you know, their nervousness here about what uh, is going to unfold here in a hypothetical, uh, it's becoming, it looks less and less hypothetical Biden um, Trump contest. Dick Morris, Interesting, you know, you look at polling about where the voters stand on on what candidates they want, and, and we've talked about the fact that you know when you poll, you don't you don't want to just do a generic poll of the American people. That doesn't tell you much when you say, "Oh, who do you who do you want for president?" Because first of all, the election isn't decided by a popular vote, but decided by electoral votes. So each state has a say. Now look at swing states, but secondly. It's also the fact that you have uh, many people who will answer a survey, but they won't be going to the voting booth. So pollsters will look for registered voters first of all. You can't vote unless you're 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 registered. Uh, secondly, okay, there's many people who are registered, but they're just not in the habit of voting. They're not inclined to vote. So likely voters, pollsters look at the likely voters the likely voters, especially if you're looking at them in the key states, to try to get the best estimate of where this election is going. But Dick Morris is talking here now about some polling that has been done recently by Emerson on the non-voters. Isn't that interesting? It says, okay, we know we all are constantly polling the likely voters or the registered voters, but what about the non-voters? What about all the rest of the people? that are that are just not voting what if you poll them what will you find they prefer president Trump is the bottom line the non-voters by a 35 to 13 margin over Biden let me read a little bit about this a group of non-voters Morris said yet to be counted in the polls So these are people not reflected in the polls of likely voters because these are non-voters. Said they had a favorable view of Trump at 70%, while 78% expressed a negative view of Biden. Now, this development is significant because for decades, the Democrats have relied on high turnout from the broad spectrum of the electorate, especially those in the underserved areas. They rely on this high turnout turnout of voters. And the people you find in those areas come out and tend to vote democrat. Highly motivated people tend to vote republican. But now this completely switches. And the people who are tend to be apathetic about voting and they are are, are looking 3 to 1 to Trump. So The bottom line here, too, is that they end up voting, in fact, even though they're not likely to vote, they come out at the end and vote, and to the extent that they're going to do that, it's going to favor President Trump in this election. So that is an area that you really don't hear much about, you haven't heard much about, Um, but it's another encouraging sign of course for the uh, Trump campaign and it's not that we have to win that many of them too. You know, we think about a national election, we think about the whole country, we think about 50 states. And of course, obviously people in all 50 states are voting. But brothers and sisters, the actual the country is so divided. And these last two elections for president have been won by such narrow margins that it's accurate to say that um, we're talking only about a few percentage points in just a handful of states. In fact, it can be narrowed down three of the most determinative states in this election. I says, and said this before, and I want you to start thinking in terms of do you live in these states? Do you know people in these states? How can you mobilize and influence people in these states? Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia, Um, very slim victories, very, very slim victories last time, three to five more votes per precinct in those areas, three to five more votes per precinct in the counties that are most significant within those states wins the election. So never doubt that anything you do to influence voters makes a difference. Never think, oh, I can only influence a very, very few number of people. The point we're making here, that many are making is, it only takes very, very few people to switch, shift the margin of victory here. We are dealing with unprecedented closeness in the outcome of these elections. So take courage. Get other people starting. Now, this is not not even to wait until early voting begins. We're not waiting until next year. This is activity we need to be doing right now, identifying, persuading, registering, reaching out, social media, email contacts, your Christmas card list, your friends, your churches, your clubs that you belong to. Get the discussions going. Get the voter information out there. Get the yard signs up even from now. Get the bumper stickers on your car. Go to the website of the candidates that you support, get involved in the local party, become a precinct committee man, precinct committee woman, go to the meetings, find out, reach out to the party, reach out to the campaign. Practical things now, I mean, we talk about this stuff, we have to talk about it, we have to think about it, we have to come together for prayer like we do here. We need to inform one another. I hope you find the things I bring to you helpful to think about. But then we've got to get involved in all these practical things right now. Right? I can't, Emphasize this strongly enough. And I know many of you are doing it, but I've fallen into this myself. Election after election. I don't want to repeat the same mistake again this time, where it, no matter how much we talk about it, there's still this ingrained delay factor. Before we get really energized and really organized, is this delay factor? Oh, well, oh yeah, the election oh, is somewhere off there in the future. No, it's not in the future anymore. Right here, right now, today. Have you gone, for example, if you're a Trump supporter, donaldjtrump.com? Have you gone to the website? He's put great videos up there about policy statements. Have you shared any of those videos? Have you signed up for his text messages? Have you given a donation to the campaign? Don't, be, don't feel bad if you haven't done any of these things yet. Join the club. You've got a lot of people at that at like this. That's okay. As long as we start now. As long as we stay now, okay. I'm not waiting anymore. There's nothing more to wait for. The battle is engaged right now, right here. Right at three to five. Think about that. Three to five votes per precinct. Get involved in the precinct. You can influence far more than three to five votes. Oh, in all the states. In all, we're not leaving any territory aside. But especially those of you in Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin. Are you involved at the precinct level? If not, today take some action. Go on that website, go to your board of elections, start inquiring, look, look up the local party and say, OK, where's the office? Where do I go? How do I p- apply to be a precinct committee, man or woman? And let's get going here. Let's influence the voters. If you want to see where the elections go, we know how President Trump is dominating the polls. But I came across this other article on Real Clear uh, Politics. Having to do with, uh, no, I'm sorry, no, real clear politics. Cook, Cook Political Report. That's a great, another great, rep. both of those, by the way, are good websites that I use to get, try to track what's going on with these elections. Real Clear Politics sort of aggregates a whole bunch of different articles and statistical analyses and so forth. And the Cook Political does the same thing. Really insightful articles. So this one here is saying, look, you know, and we've talked about this on this program. You look at certain measurements in the country, certain dynamics to see where the election is going, right? One of those is uh, the job approval uh, rating of the, uh, of the incumbent uh, in the White House. Secondly, the economy. Um, and third, the uh, right-wrong-track question. Remember, we talked about this. It's country going in the right direction, country going in the wrong direction. But this article is pointing out, you know, those variables, it's not that they're unimportant. But we have another dynamic that has taken hold in America. That makes the opinion uh, trends on these three questions, job approval rating, economy, good or bad, right or wrong direction of the country, a little bit less predictive, let's say. Not less important, less predictive of where the election is going to go and who people are going to vote for. Because we see these contradictions all the time in terms of people saying, ah, this guy, Biden in the White House, ah, yeah, I don't approve of the job that he's doing, and they still vote for him. Yeah, I think the country's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, whose fault is that? The people in power, no? And that they still vote for them. What is it that accounts for that? So it's another dynamic. It's a fourth dynamic here. The extreme embedded partisanship, tribalism as some will call it. As long as, how did they elect Fetterman in Pennsylvania? My gosh. Folks in Pennsylvania, please. Not that you voted for him. But is there some something in the air? Is it in the water? It's the tribalism of these Democrats. They don't, Feinstein, I mean, what the heck is going on here? Biden himself, Kamala Harris? Are you kidding? Tribalism. We want our tribe to prevail. We just need—we don't need a person in there. We just need a voting machine. They, they might as well, you know, just robotics, right? Just just elect a robot. It, these people don't care. Put a robot in there. That every time there's a vote. It moves a certain way and casts a yes vote for the Democrat policies a no vote for a Republican policy. That's all. That's all. That's all they want. They want. That's all they they, they care about. We got to take well, the point being. We have to be sober when we see these various statistics and whatnot, and say, okay. It's good for us if you got a Democrat in the White House and most people think the country's going in the wrong direction. He's doing a terrible job and the economy is worse than it was under President Trump. I mean, these are undeniable things in and of themselves. But they don't any longer give the same degree of predictability that that's how people are going to end up voting. We got to come up against the the brick wall of this extreme partisanship and tribalism where people are. I mean, the Democrats are just, you know, it's just like, oh, we don't care. We'll elect a Fetterman. We'll elect a Biden. We don't elect a, elect a stuffed animal, for that matter, as long as it can push a vote. This is what we're dealing with in America. We've got to wake people up as to how bad things really are and the fact that, like Dan Bongino says, you know, it's not that the Republicans are the solution to all your problems, but the Democrats are the cause of them. You know, I was going to show you something yesterday. Let me conclude with this. The other day was National Voter Registration Day. And uh, whether you did or didn't participate that day, that's okay. It's, it's, it's now again. Let's take up the mantle now and let that day inspire us and, and, and remind us that we've got to be registering voters. Now, I talked to you yesterday about checkyourvoterregistration.com, a very simple place to go to make sure that in the place where it should be, your record in the voter files is accurate. If you haven't done that yet, again, take some time just today. Don't even put it off till tomorrow. Take some time, check your voter registration, and pass it along to 10 other people. Say, hey, just friendly advice, check your voter registration. All right. If a person is not registered, there is, of course, each state has its own voter registration form. But there is a national voter registration form. And, you know, if if you're talking to somebody who's not registered, or maybe you yourself, possible that someone could be watching this program who's not registered, I would say they're a small minority. But let me show you how simple it is. You can look up the national voter registration form, simple as that, or your state uh, board of elections, or they'll have a link to your state form. They may have a link to the national one also. Let's take actually, I want to show it to you. The part, the part of it where you actually have to fill it out to show you how simple this is. It's not like you're going through some kind of major process here. Let's take a look. So this is the national voter registration uh, form. You fill it out, you send it in. Um, let's let's uh, let me see that uh, at large. And and so you see just you know your name, right? Address, date of birth, optional uh, uh, phone number. Choice of party, if you want to make that choice. And that's basically it. Yeah, You sign off on it, and uh, what's the date? Uh, That's it. How long can that possibly take? This is not complicated information. This is not anything you have to go looking up uh, the information and whatnot. And and then, of course, uh, down there, if you're changing information, again, sometimes you have to change information on your voter file. But look how simple it is. I mean, in the time in the time it took me to uh, to point that out to you is the time it takes to fill it out. This is real. It's so simple, so basic. So no matter where you are, uh, this form uh, can be used, and it has the information. This document is actually much longer. And again, just search for it online. You'll find it: National Voter Registration Form, and uh, uh, you'll see some some rules applicable to your particular state. Uh, and of course, you can always in the address where you would send it in, and you can always call your local board of elections for information. That's the thing about elections. You know, one of the things that makes it difficult when we're doing a national ministry like we are, um, and to get people activated here is that elections are so decentralized in our country. Remember, the Constitution gives it to the states to determine how elections are carried out. And that's where, of course, we've got, All these different situations in regard to election integrity, in regard to voter registration, there's different deadlines and different rules in place in regard to election day and the ballots and early voting. All these different things are very decentralized. It's taken care of by each state legislature. So check it out in your own states. We have um, state electioncalendar.org on our on our it's one of our websites too state election calendar where you have the um the dates different 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 dates for voter registration early voting etc primary dates vary from state to state also as you know what i'm urging you to do today very practically get a hold of this information tune in to all this information and uh and let's get rolling on 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 making this election work Our main website for our work, ProLifeVote.com. All the things I've been uh, pointing to you here practically, you can find there, including the state info and ProLifeVote.com. Check it out. If you haven't spent some time on our website, uh, I know that you'll be blessed by doing so, and it'll help you to equip not only yourself, but your neighbors and friends in this crucially important election. Let's turn back to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the time that uh, that you call us to invest in the good of our nation. We thank you for the prayer, uh, the ability to pray, the power of prayer. We want to reach out to our fellow citizens and the resources, Lord God, to make sure that they are fully activated, registered to vote, informed about the candidates and the issues and wise to what is going on in our nation. Lord, may the trends uh, in this election encourage us to push hard. May the closeness of the margins of victory encourage us and inspire us to fight hard. And may not a day go by, Lord God, between now and Election Day 2024, may not a day go by that we don't do something to bring about victory for this nation. We pray now, as Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, thank you very much for joining me. At FR Frank Pavone is my Address on social media. Connect with me on all the major platforms at fr Frank Pavone. Stay tuned to our ministry. We have regular broadcasts on endabortion.tv. And we're grateful to Right Side Broadcasting and all the other platforms that carry us, Rumble and Getter and many, many others. Thank you for tuning in. Spread the word. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King. Our team at Priests for Life produces many books, pamphlets, audio, and video presentations, and other resources to help you protect the unborn. I invite you today to visit our online store at ProLifeProducts.org and see the many helpful resources you can get for yourself, your pro-life group, and your church. God bless you. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years.